Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for this leadership series where we're talking about eight qualities of great leaders. Hey, we all lead someone somewhere and we hope the quality that we talk about today will help you lead better tomorrow. Before you sign off, don't forget to check in at branchlife.church. We'd love to hear from you and stay to the end of this talk. I've got some more information before you go. I hope you enjoy today's leadership quality. everybody. It's good to see you here in person as you've joined us for one of our services and for those of you that are visiting online. I just want to say right now, I love my branch group. And I, this is probably a horrible thing for me to say, but some of my favorite people are in our branch group. And we just have a great time together. Group is a, it's a, it's a sacrifice. You, gotta, you give up that time. You, you maybe give up that evening or that daytime slot, but it is well worth the investment as we connect together. So seriously pray about what group you could join. And if you're one of our online, regular online visitors or attenders, let us know on that QR code if you're interested in groups. That's how you can get connected or sign up there. And if we need to create an online group, we're game for that kind of stuff. Uh, we're excited about what God is doing at Branch. We welcomed, uh, welcomed Oliver and Cree Thompson this morning. We're welcoming Ashley Adams uh, next Sunday, uh, next service. And uh, we have... Uh, several more families in the pipeline who we're welcoming into membership. Uh, sign up for that starting point class. Go to the website. Hit click next steps if you want more information about joining and or baptism. We have some of those coming up. Was talking about someone about that this morning. All that stuff is exciting. Now, if you are wanting to get baptized, the weather is changing. All right, so let's get her done right right now. Why it's a little bit warm out there. And uh, we want to do that for you as soon as possible. We uh, celebrated over 25 baptisms in the warm summer weather. And uh, we know some of you are in the pipeline for that to happen as well. Welcome to Branch. If this is your first time with us, my name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at Branch Life. And we are in the middle of a series called Lead, where we're looking at the eight influential, uh, eight qualities of influential leaders, all from the book of Nehemiah. And again, if you're a guest, we love you to have one of these journals as our gift to you. Grab that, and we're going to be in Nehemiah over the next six months or so, taking a break for Christmas. Yes, I said it. Christmas is on the way, and uh, we, are, we are excited about that. So grab your journals if you have them. We're on page 8. We're going to be in verses 4 through 8 today, so pages 8 and 10 in the journals. Nehemiah chapter 2. Here's the big idea of the series. We believe we all have God-given influence to leverage for kingdom impact. If God has given you uh, influence, he's asking you to use it for his glory and his honor. We all have influence. Our goal is not only through the series, will you be a better leader, uh, have, have some skills and some qualities that you can invest in, but you will also be connected to the best leader of all, God, and strengthen that connection as he walks you through uh, life. Now, uh, the eight qualities that we've looked at so far, we've looked at four of them. Today we're on the fifth. The quality that we'll be looking at today is simply this. Influential leaders make the big ask. When I was thinking through this this week, I thought immediately of the president of Ukraine, who is amazing at making the big ask. 
here's a peacetime president, right, who his country gets attacked. Now he finds himself at war. And every time I see him, he is talking to a world leader, a president, a king, someone who's in charge of a military. And he is, he is asking the big ask, give me billions of dollars. Give me all of your best tanks and your airplanes and your ammunition and all of your support. And he has no qualms asking the big ask, right? And here's the crazy thing. He's been getting that stuff. It's been happening. And because he's asking, he's receiving. As I was thinking about this and, and writing this out, I had no idea that over the weekend, another war would start. And, and if I'm troubled, obviously, by unjust and, and evil actions, like murder, murdering civilians, kidnapping. And, and this war in Israel is, we don't know what's going on, we don't know what's happening, we don't know how it's going to play out, but it's already deadly and dangerous. And, and I, as, I, as I was thinking about Ukraine and, and now Israel, I just thought to myself, man, we should probably be praying as a people and as a church over all of this. On top of that, we have some family members of Branch who are, who are a part of our, our church body who are in Jerusalem now on a trip. As I understand it, they've asked all Americans to leave as of today. And so we want to pray for safety for those that are living in that region, for our, our family that is over there, and, and for peace in this moment. Will you join me in praying? God, we know that in Scripture it says there'll be... Wars and rumors of wars. And you've told us, God, that particularly in the Middle East, there would be tension until you return. And Lord, we see that, that tension rising now in these moments, and our hearts are concerned and heavy. And so we, we join together in prayer to a big God, and we ask a big ask. Would you stop this war? Lord, would you help good to triumph over evil? God, would you protect lives. Lord, would you give great wisdom to world leaders involved in the conflict and, and around the globe as they respond to this? Lord, would you protect families and children? And we ask, we ask particularly on behalf of our friends and family who are there now, Lord, we don't believe they're in harm's way, but Lord, would you keep them safe? Bring them back home in the right way in the right time. And, and Lord, we know that there's more than that conflict going on. So we do pray for peace in Israel. We pray for peace in Ukraine. There's, there's conflicts all across the globe and in Africa and other places, Lord. And we just ask you to come quickly. And God, would you, would you do what only you can do? And for your great glory and for your great name, God, would you make yourself known to the peoples of this world? That they would look to you as, as the peacemaker, as the king, and as, as their Lord and Savior. In your, your precious name we pray. Amen. Wherever you find yourself in, in life, the big ask, right, is, is known in business terms as, some, in some cases, fundraising. I've come to ask you for $1,000, but would you give me $100,000? Would you make it a million dollars? The ask gets bigger and bigger, right? In business, whether you're a team leader or a, a a teacher, whether you're a business leader or an entrepreneur, you're always thinking to yourself, uh, 
what can I ask of my team? What can I ask for my business that can make, me, that can make us grow, that can cause us to go to the next level? Even in a family setting, how can I, as teenagers, ask my parents for the big ass? Parents, what can I ask of my kids, right? And we're always, we're always working through this thing called asking. The Bible talks about asking quite a bit. And today we're going to look at the theology of asking the big question. And one of the things that, that we're going to see is that God uses the big ask over and over and over again. The big ask has changed my life. Uh, back in 1999, I think, maybe it was 2000, uh, I had a, about 40 junior hires who I was leading on a massive scavenger hunt because back in 1999 and 2000, that's what you did with junior hires. You went on scavenger hunts. And we, we, I was their youth pastor. We got them together. We ended up back at the church's auditorium that had a giant road down the middle. And I strategically uh, stationed all of the junior hires all along that row, planning all along for this moment where my girlfriend, Jenny Baldwin, would appear at the back of the aisle. And when she appeared... I would be standing at the front of the aisle with a guitar singing a song called Angel, and all of the kids would have roses extending into the aisle. She would walk down the aisle past the roses to me singing an original song. I have been compared to Taylor Swift a couple of times in my life. She got to the front. I got on down to one knee, and I said, could I borrow $10? That is not what I said. That's not what I asked for in that moment. All of that preparation, all of that planning, all of the time that we had spent together was leading to the big ask. This was the second biggest ask I ever made in my life. And I, sat, I got down on one knee and I said, Jenny Baldwin, will you marry me? And she said, yes. And the rest is history. For me, this was a life-changing question. This totally transformed everything about who I am. I married the most beautiful woman in the world, who's an incredible wife, an amazing mother, a blessing to Branch Life Church. She's a gift to my life. And could you imagine if I would have just asked for 10 bucks? So much better in this moment to go all in and say, God, would you do something that shouldn't happen? She shouldn't love me. She shouldn't say yes to this question. This makes no logical sense, but I'm going to ask it anyway. And if, if you will, Lord, let this be. And it was. In 2001, we got married, and, and uh, God has been working incredible things because of that moment ever since. In Nehemiah chapter 2, if you have your Bible, in verse 4, after Nehemiah finds himself in front of the king, remember he's concerned about his hometown, Jerusalem, which we just prayed over, that had their walls torn down. And in Nehemiah chapter 2, he finds himself in the presence of the king, and the king said to Nehemiah, what are you requesting? He got to the point where he was now about to ask the king to make the big ask. And so, right... What do I ask for? Have you ever been in this moment where like you are, the door opened, the opportunity came, the chance is yours, 
Do you walk through it? What do you say? What, is, this is it. This, this is actually happening, right? This is the moment. And he stopped and he did what we already saw influential leaders do. He prayed and he prayed again. He did the, he did the, quick, the quick Hail Mary prayer. Have you ever done this, right? God help, right? I, ah, I don't know what to do. Just be here. Do this. Do your thing, right? So he did that quick prayer that we all do all the time. And, and then he responded to the king. If you found yourself in this situation where you were standing before your version of a powerful person, maybe it is a big donor. Maybe it, maybe it is a, a, a world leader. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's your teacher or your boss or your, your partner in the business. And, and you had the chance to ask them for anything. What, what would you ask? What, what would you ask, right? If you could ask for anything, what would you ask for? And here's the crazy thing about those of us who are followers of Jesus. We can appear before the God of the universe at any moment and make our requests known unto him. Like, right, we have the chance to ask God for anything. What, what would you ask for? Well, if you're asking... There's this Powerball situation going on, right? And uh, I think there's like a billion dollars up for grab. And all you need is the right numbers, right? I just want the right numbers. There's a World Series coming up, God, and I really would like to see the Phillies keep moving forward. Uh, I need some nice weather for the picnic that we're having later, right? And, and we have this chance maybe to say, wait, wait a minute, you could ask anything, what would it be? We had a weekend with uh, potential branch leaders this weekend, some of our current elders and pastoral leadership and some elders that we're looking to bring on. And we just went around the room and we said, hey guys, what's, what's one thing we can be praying for you for? That's another version of this question. And as men, as, as fathers, as husbands, as, as branch leaders, we shared in that room, if God could do anything in this moment, this is what I'm asking for. And, and we spent some time praying and even crying together over some big asks. If you could ask for anything, what, what would you ask for? Now, the interesting thing about the Bible is that over and over again, it talks about asking. It talks about how to ask and how to ask well. And this morning, as we look at the theology of asking, the first thing we need to realize when it comes to asking the big question is some of us do not do well at this because we don't ask the wrong question, but we simply don't ever ask. The Bible says you have not because you, what's the next two words? Ask not. And sometimes, and if, it, if it's happened to me once, it's happened to me a hundred times, I can get into a sticky situation. I can get into a stressful moment. I can get into a pivotal hinge in my lives or a pivot point. Or there can be a sudden surprise. And I will start running through that race all on my own power, not even considering to tap God on the shoulder and say, Lord, can you help me out with this? Can you give me a hand here? I could use the all-powerful all God of the universe. And, and I can often go through whole seasons where I simply didn't get the grace, presence, and power of God. Not because he didn't want to supply it, but because I didn't ask for it. 
In James chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, and this is an amazing verse with an amazing promise, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. Sometimes we don't ask because we don't think about it. Sometimes we don't make the big ask because we don't know what to ask for. Often I've said to someone, can, can, how can I pray for you? And they're like, I, I don't know. What if you don't know what question to ask God? Let's start with James 1.5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and he will give it to you. This, this promise is so amazing that if you don't know what to ask, but you ask God to help you to ask, he'll give you wisdom to answer the ask. Right? Like he will supply even the question that you need. And how many of us have been fretting about the future? We've been worrying about the decision. We're not sure where to go with our business, with our team, with our family. And we're just kind of all stressed out about it. Where all we needed to do was stop and say, God, I'm just simply asking you for wisdom. And then resting in the promise that he will give it to you. Once you've asked God for wisdom, simply, leader, decide. Make a decision and move on. God promises to give you the wisdom that you need. He gives you a backup promise that he's going to then, for those that love him, work all things together for good. He simply says, ask. Sometimes we have not because we ask not. In John chapter 16, verse 24, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11, he compares himself to a father that wants to answer the requests of his children. And he says down here, what father, when their kid asks for a bread, gives him a stone? When you're talking to the heavenly father of the universe, it's, it's, it's like a, a kid asking a dad, who loves that kid, who wants to see that kid succeed, who wants to see that kid have full joy, right? If I can supply it, if I can answer it, if I can provide it, if it's the right thing, the right way, the right direction, I, Father, will do everything in my power to, to answer that request. But we have because we have not asked. Matthew chapter 7, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be open. As leaders, whatever area you find yourself leading in, having this challenge is an amazing opportunity to say, God, teach me how to ask good big questions. I told you when I, I, I married my wife that it was the second biggest ask in my life. The first biggest ask was for God to give me understanding about my own personal salvation. Some of us, we don't ask God for things because we don't know what we believe about God. Is there a God? Is Jesus the Son of God? Is this Bible thing legit? And some of you are here, and, and I'm so glad that you're here. You're exploring, you're listening online, you're trying to understand spirituality and spiritual things and God and answer some of these big questions about life. And if that's you, if you're in an exploring phase, what we learn from God, if God is real, what he promises, that if we seek him, we will find him. And he says to all of us, believer and non-believer, if you want to find the truth about God, seek and you will find. 
Knock and the door will be open to you. If you want to know the person of Jesus Christ, whether or not he is God, go after that question and say to God, God, here's my big ask. I want to know if you're real. I want to know if Jesus rose from the dead. I want to know if, if I can feel your presence and your power. I want to know if I need to be saved. I want to know if I can be saved. And for all people that come to Christ, when, when you seek him, you will find him. And when you believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he opens that door to you and he promises salvation to all. God loves to answer the big questions, the big asks. Now, you may be a leader of a team. You may be a leader of a business. I want to give you some bonus questions. And these are some big questions that are just great strategic leadership questions to ask. Whether you're sitting down with your spouse and you're talking about your family, whether you're talking about a business you're starting, whether you're leading a church, whether you're leading a team in the church, you're leading a small group or a classroom, these are some great questions. And let me just explain them to you. Great leadership questions to ask. Number one, what is one change that would do the most good? This is an incredibly powerful question to ask like your leadership team. This is a great question to ask your, your, hus your, your husband or your wife. What, what one change could we make in our family that would do the most good? What one, what one change could we make in our marriage that would do the most good? What one change could we do in the startup that would do the most good, in this classroom, in this youth group, in this small group that would do the most group? And then ask that, that key group of people that's supporting you, that's working with you, and listen to how they answer this question. And what's probably going to happen is, mom and dad, you're probably going to answer the question a little bit differently. That your, your administrative assistant may answer the question different than your partner, uh, maybe answer it a little different than, than, uh, than, than a trustee or someone who's on your board. And that's good. What you then get to do is you get to work through why they're, they're saying this would be a good thing, this would be a good thing. And if we made this one change, it would have this incredible impact. And then you start to discern what we need to do and where we need to go. A second way to ask the same question is, what one change would a new leader make? What if I was replaced, right? What if someone was coming behind me or after me and they would step into this business, they would step into this team, they would step into this role, they would step into this family, and they would look at it with fresh eyes and you go, you know what we need to change? What would they do? What would a great leader do that would make an impact? If you want to have a powerful exercise and, and do some leading within your teams and in your businesses and your families, work through some of these questions and just... Start praying about wisdom with how to make good, beneficial changes. Nehemiah found himself in this situation where all of a sudden he had to say, what one thing would I change? What could I possibly do to make a difference with this huge problem that I see? And he found himself in front of the king and the king was saying to him, give me your request. And so he prayed the prayer and then he made the big ask. Nehemiah in chapter 2 verse 5 said, if it please the king, if your servant has found favor in your sight, send me to Judah, the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. He said to the king, let me go. Let me go take on this project. Let me leave this role as cupbearer and let me go to Jerusalem. Release me to, to do this thing that I, I'm feeling led and called to do. And that, that was a big ask. But here's what makes Nehemiah not just an average leader, but an influential leader, is he didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. Watch how the ask got bigger and bigger and bigger. 
he said, to the king, uh, he said, let me rebuild it. And the king said, with the queen beside him, how long will you be gone and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And, right, circle and, and I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be sent to the governors of the provinces beyond the river that I may pass through, help me get there, and send a letter to the keeper of the king's forest that he may give me the timber for the beams, for the gates, and the fortress. Give me the material that I need, and... Oh, by the way, I'm going to need a place to live while I'm there. Give me a house. Nehemiah didn't stop by saying, and imagine if he did, King, let me go rebuild the walls. And the king said, okay. He would have stepped out of the palace, had no, no way to get there, no material to build the wall, and no place to live. He would have got out of the palace and gone, well, now what do I do? Now, how, how do I get there? Where do I find the stuff? What am I, how am I going to survive? But because he, he had the wherewithal, the wisdom to ask the big ask, he asked for the whole shooting match from the king. He asked for this king to support the entire project, even though he shouldn't have cared about it. Would that beautiful girl ever marry me? Why would that ever happen? Would that king ever support my rebuilding of the wall, the cupbearer turned wall builder? He asked. He asked the big ask. Some of the reason we often don't have is because, first of all, we don't ask. The second reason we often don't have is because we don't ask big enough. We need to ask, but we then also need to ask big Look at some of these big asks in the Bible. In the Bible, the thief asked Jesus on the cross to remember me. Now, I want you to think about this moment for a second and understand why this is such a big ask. You've seen the pictures of the three crosses talking about the crucifixion. Jesus was in the middle, two thieves on either side. They were having conversations back and forth. The thief on the cross, after these conversations, became convinced that Jesus was who he said he was, that Jesus was the king of the world, which meant that this thief was now an eyewitness, a participant to the most pivotal, most important event ever recorded in human history. If Jesus was God, this was the moment he was doing spiritual battle on behalf of all of humanity. He was in the process of paying the payment for every sin ever committed. He was dying physically and spiritually was doing warfare on behalf of you and I and would in moments be in the presence of God. There is a lot going on for this Jesus fella in this moment. And the little old thief on the cross says, excuse me, son of God, I know you've got a lot going on right now. Is there any chance you would remember me? Is there any chance that you would have me? Is there any chance that I could be a part of your family? And here's, here's what happens in this moment. Jesus, in the middle of this moment, turns to the thief on the cross and says, Today you will be with me in paradise. What an ask. What an ask. The second most important question I ever asked was, Jesus, uh, was Jenny to marry me. The, the first most important question I ever asked was for God to save me. 
if G- Jenny becoming a part of my family has changed my life, God becoming my Savior has changed my eternity. Now the next big ask that I, that I see in, in Scripture, Moses talking to Pharaoh. Remember the Egyptians had captured the Israelites and they were now the workforce for an entire nation. Maybe some of these, these were the servants that actually built some of the pyramids. And these, these Israelites were, were a key part to the economy. Egypt didn't want to let them go. And Moses stands before the Pharaoh and says, let my people go. Ten plagues later, they're released from Egypt. Esther to the king, right? She's the most beautiful woman in all the kingdom. She's an undercover Jew. The king had been tricked into uh, agreeing to a plot that was going to exterminate the Jewish people. And Esther stands before the king and says, change your mind and your decree and save my people. And it worked. Her people were saved. David said to King Saul, let me fight the giant. I know I'm a little shepherd boy, right? I got a sling and a couple of stones. I'll take care of your giant problem. And the king said, are you crazy? Why would I send a kid out to fight a giant? But we all know what actually happened. The king said yes, and David killed a giant. What a big ask. Nicodemus said to Jesus, can I be born again? When Jesus was using the metaphor, right, and Nicodemus was trying to understand it, that if Jesus is God, he's saying we have to be born again. I don't get it. I don't know how this works. Nicodemus was, was, was trying to understand it. And he says to Jesus, well, can I be born again? If, if this is something that I need to do, then, then can I do it? And Jesus explained to him, you, there, you need to be born twice. First, you need to be born physically. Kelly had a birthday this week, representing her her first birth. But second, you need to be born spiritually. And if you are born again a second time, that's the moment that you go from being lost to found, dead to alive, where you, you realize that you can't save yourself, but only Jesus can save you. He can do the thing that you can't do. You have to make, in order to be born again, the big ask of Jesus, will you save me? And in these moments, Nicodemus came to realize, like I came to realize when I was a young man, that I needed Jesus to save my soul. You see, the big ask in Nehemiah is a foreshadow of the question that we all need to ask God. We, when we come before the God of the universe, if we could ask him for one thing, one giant thing, we need to ask him to, to allow us, right, to, to change and transform our lives we need to ask him for everything we need to survive. We need to ask him to be able to live our lives, to have the supplies for to do what he wants us to do, and to have a home forever in glory. When we ask God for salvation, when we ask God for new life, when we ask God for an eternal home and glory, when we ask God for supply, he answers that need. God, will you make me a part of your family? He says yes to every single one who trusts him. See, what? When I decided to become a follower of Jesus, God provided then everything I would need for this life and the next. If you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to do what you can't do to save you, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Everything changes because of that one ask. Have you decided to follow Jesus? 
Have you ever come to this moment where you realized you needed to accept Jesus as your personal Savior? If not, today can be the day where you put your faith and hope in Jesus and you make that big ask, God, will you save me? If you knock, the door will be opened. If you seek, you will find. As we continue on in the story of Nehemiah, in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 8, it says, And the king granted me what I asked, for the good hand of God was upon me. The crazy thing about the big ask in Nehemiah is the king said yes. The king said, yes, I will give it to you. The key to the big ask is, number one, asking, asking big. But thirdly, you need to ask well. You need to ask well. When the Bible talks about asking of God, it gives several of these verses. And this happens over and over again. Think about the amazing theology behind this. John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, this is a Branch Life Church verse, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Matthew chapter 6, 10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I want you to move in this earth like you move in heaven. I want you to have it your way. In John chapter 5, verse 14, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And in, John chapter, in James chapter 4, verse 3, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrong to spend it on your passion. When we come to God with the big ask and we say, God, why, why aren't you healing me? God, why aren't you hearing me? God, why aren't you changing this situation? God, why haven't I won the Powerball yet? God, where is my Toyota Tundra that I've been begging you for over and over and over again? God, where is this favor? Where is, where is all this stuff? You said ask and you will receive. And he says, yes. I said ask, but you have to ask well. And then he trains us about what it means to ask well. God wants to answer our requests. He wants our joy to be full. He wants to move powerfully in this world. And he promises to do that when we ask big and we ask well. Your big ask must be the right ask. Now, how do we get to the right ask? The key to the right ask is to want what God wants. The key to the big ask is to want what God wants. When you want what God wants, it transforms your requesting. It transforms your asking, and it lines your heart up with God's heart, and God then delights to give you the desires of your heart. Does God want you to have a strong marriage? Yes, he does. Does God want you to have impact in this world? Yes, he does. Does he want you to shine brightly for Jesus? Yes, he does. Does he want you to have a billion dollars? Probably not. Why? It may not be good for you. It may, not, it may feed your passions and not the will of God in your life. Who knows better, me or God? God. So I want to line myself up with God, what, with God want, what God wants. And when God opens a door, I'm going to be thrilled to be able to go through it. And when God shuts a door, I'm going to be thrilled to be able not to go through it. Because both are an answer from an all-knowing, all-providing God. The key to the big right ask is to ask what 
God wants. Look at this final story. In 1 Kings chapter 3, if you want to look at it in your copy of the Word of God, you can. I have it paraphrased here up on the board. There's a story of Jesus appearing to Solomon. The Lord appeared, or God appearing to Solomon. The Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God asked, ask whatever you want and I will give it to you. This is a little bit different than the asking you to receive passage. There's no qualifier here. God is giving Solomon a blank check. Ask anything. Remember we said, if you could ask God for anything, what would you ask? Solomon is in this moment where he can literally ask for everything. And here's what Solomon did, the, the, the king of Israel. Solomon answered, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and distinguish between right and wrong. What Solomon did in this moment is he asked what God wanted. He asked for what God wanted for him. And the Lord was pleased. He asked well. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will, never ha- there will have never been anyone like you, nor will there any be. I am so pleased with your big ass, Solomon, that I will give you more wisdom than anyone will ever have or anyone has ever had in all this world. The wisest person to ever live was gifted it by God because of this one pleasing big ask. And moreover, I will give you what you want and have not asked for. Is there a Toyota coming my way? For both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. I can now give you power, and I can now give you fame, and I can now give you wealth, because I know you will use it wisely. And maybe, maybe we're not ready for the big prosperous step, for the huge success in business, for the, for the uh, ability to control multi-million dollar budgets because we don't yet have the wisdom required to do it well. But when we have what God has provided us to do, right, then God says, here you go. I'm going to give you more responsibility. I'm going to give you more opportunity. I'm going to give you more. Why? Because I know you're going to use it in a way that is the, lined up with the way I would want you to use it. And Solomon asked for wisdom and God gave him abundantly and if you walk, in, and you, you walk in obedience and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. This thing could keep going and going and going. Here's what we learn from all of these verses, and here's what we learn from the story of Solomon in this request for wisdom from God. When you ask, and when you ask big, and you ask well of God, God will give everything you need to do exactly what he wants you to do. God will give you everything you need to do exactly what he wants you to do. In your home, in your marriage, in your school, on your team, in your business. When we ask and ask big and ask well, God will give us everything we need to do exactly what he wants you to do. Sometimes when we go before the Lord in a given day, we'll start by praying, God, Thank you for this day. Please be with me. Amen. And in that moment, maybe, maybe, we miss the opportunity to ask the big ask of the day. God often has promised to be with us. And sometimes if I say, God, please be with me today, and I come up and I say, Lord, would you be with me? And he goes, 
I'm already here. I'm, I'm out. Now what? Let, let's go. I got a plan for your day. I got, I got opportunities coming your way. There's, there's, there's some big moments that are going to take place in this day, in your marriage, in your home, in your business, at your place of work, in your school. Ask me bigger. Ask me bigger today. Ask me to move powerfully through you. Ask me to open doors that you can walk through. Ask for opportunities to share your faith and be light in this world. Ask for wisdom with some of those decisions that you have coming up. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. Ask. I'm here. Ask. And ask big. And the big ask that we have from God day in and day out, then God says, I will give you everything you need to do exactly what you want to do. We can trust him with that day, with that season, with that business, and with our homes. So if you could ask God of only one thing, what would you ask? What would you ask? I often think about this for Branch Life Church. We have some really big dreams for Branch Life Church. We have this big crazy dream about planning 15 churches in 15 years. Why? Because that's a, an incredible way to spread the, the word of God throughout our region who desperately needs Jesus. I can't do that. Only God could do that. We have a building plan drawn up to try to expand our, our campus here or wherever God would allow us to, to multiply to. And, and we, we have big dreams about that and it costs an enormous amount of money to build buildings today in Chester County. And, and I don't know if, if that's ever going to happen. And if I could ask God one thing, is that what I would ask him for? And maybe sometimes I think 15 and 15 is not big enough. And maybe sometimes a, a, a multi-use facility that would impact our community is not a big enough dream. Maybe there's something I can do that's bigger. And you know what I always come back to? I always come back to this, this one request. God, if you could help every person at Branch Life know you more, and if you could use them to reach one person this year for Jesus, that would be big. What if each one of us saw one friend or one family member or one stranger or one co-worker give their lives to Jesus? What if every one of us got to stand next to somebody who was getting baptized because we were a part of their story? God used us in their spiritual journey to come and know the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we could build a multi-million dollar building that would need to be rebuilt in 50 or 100 years. It would last a generation or two. Yes, we could plant churches and maybe they would last a few, a few dozen years or a few generations. But if one person gave their life to Jesus, that changes an eternity. That's a big ask. And what if we could be used by God as a church to do that one thing, each one reaching one for Jesus because we know we love God and he makes a difference in our lives and he can make that same difference for them. If, if we could, would God give us exactly what we need to do exactly what he wants? Let's go. Let's go. So in your homes, in your workplace, in your church, in your group, if you could ask God for anything, what would you ask? Let's pray together. Lord, in this moment, we come before the God of the universe and we confess small prayers. God, would you give us wisdom to ask of you exactly what you would have us ask? And God, we ask for wisdom as parents, as teachers, as leaders, as businessmen, as pastors, as team leaders. Lord, we ask that you give us wisdom in, in our areas of leadership to ask the right questions, to tap into the right resources, Lord, to open doors for opportunity, not for our name, but for your name. 
so that we could be a part of loving God and loving neighbor through, the, through our homes and through our workplaces where you've give, gifted us uniquely to be. And God, as we pray over our church this morning, we ask that it would be true of us that each one here would be able to shine so brightly in the name of Jesus that you would use each of us to reach someone for Jesus in this next year. God, that, that we could be a part of the moment like, the, like when the thief on the cross realized that he needed a savior. That we could be a part of that moment. Maybe it's with our kids. Maybe it's with our neighbors, Lord. Maybe it's with our coworkers. But it, we each have one that we're praying for, God. And you know who they are. Would you use us in a powerful way to be a light in this community so that we could be a part of loving God and loving neighbor in a powerful way for your great name. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Hey guys, I hope that that was an encouragement to you. I hope that the quality we talked about today will help you be a better leader tomorrow. And before you log off, we'd love to connect with you. The best way to do that is to go to branchlife.church and check in. You can also make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel or to follow us online. Wherever you are connected, we'd love to connect with you. We hope to see you next time as we dive deeper into leadership. Have a great rest of your day.